Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back. As Corey Zanowski, Reavers, uh, Manny Hill, live from the uh, Venture Bank Minnesota Golf Show out at the uh, Minneapolis Convention Center. Stop on by. We're going to be here for another hour. I will be here for another two hours, or, you know, because it closes at 7, because I've got to go on my shopping spree <laughs> that I look forward to every year. Uh, but uh, but it's open till 7, stopping by. Not too crowded. Again, you can have a cocktail here if you want, so everything's set up for you. So what are you going to shop for? Are you going to get, like, clubs? or No, no, no. I get, I get uh, hats. Okay. I get gloves. I get golf shirts. I get golf pants. I get golf shorts. I get belts. Some years I get shoes. I believe I own eight or nine pairs of golf shoes. Uh, I've got a couple, awesome. couple friends that have one. But uh, so we're going to talk later about Johnny Weir. Now he wears fashion that is not my style, but the guy is a fashionista, right? Yes. He, I'm guessing Johnny Weir has never wore the same outfit twice, probably. probably and not, he's in no. and he's in the design world. But we'll talk about Johnny. But I do want to talk a little bit about the Olympics because I've found myself curiously interested in the Olympics. I'm not a big Olympics guy. When I was a kid. Uh, you know, I really remember the 1972 Olympics in Munich when they had the horrible shooting. But the reason I remembered it was because back in those days, I remember it was during football season. I'd play football and I'd come home, and there was three hours of sports on TV. And when I was 12, I just wanted sports on TV. I sure. would watch, like, wide world of sports. Sure. The most bizarre sports. I, would, I just wanted to watch sports because so little of it was on TV. 50 Twins games a year were on TV. Okay. 30... Uh, North Star games were on TV. There was a Saturday game of the week. There was two football games, and there was one college football game. This was it. So if you wanted to watch sports, so to have every night of sports on TV, I literally probably watched almost every minute of the Munich Olympics, including you know when the terrorists, were, and they were covering yes, the terrorists. Yep. That was one of the most vivid. And so for many years, I really liked the Olympics, and I've kind of gotten away where I'm not too into it now. And now I like watching the Wolves a lot, and you know, there's so much sports on, you got to kind of pick and choose. But I have found myself kind of enjoying watching the Olympics, uh, and these Olympics, these Olympics, the okay. Winter Olympics, and and I think part of the reason is. I really like the modern sports they brought into it. I mean, people, you know, the half pike. I mean, that's fun to watch, right? It, I lo- I've always loved the downhill stuff, but with the half pike and the snowboarding. And I was captivated by the seven-man downhill snowboarding thing. That oh, was that's cool, too. I forget the name of it. But I, I couldn't stop watching it. I'm like, this is incredible. It, and I think NBC does a really good job at camera angles. They like did. The half pike, yes. they had cameras yes. all over, and TV's gotten so much better. But you but, combine downhill snowboarding with roller derby. Yes. Essentially. <laughs> it was fantastic. And I, and I do like, and I hope they still have it, where, where all the guys are speed skating at, at the same time. Yes. That went, oh, remember what was his name? The, 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 uh, what was the guy's name? He was the big star for the U.S. when that sport first. Apollo Ono. Apollo, Apollo Ono. Ono. Yeah, that's yeah, it. That's yes. Right. Huge star, right? Yeah. 
Massive. Well, well, speaking of huge stars, Sean White, obviously, huge star. Yep. You know, he's the guy that he he is the father. I mean, I don't think he invented the sport, but as this became an Olympic sport, he, you know, he put it on the map. Yeah, he won the gold yeah. in 06. He won the gold in 10. Then he failed at Sochi in 14, and he's coming back as a an old man. What is he, 36? Yeah. Something like that as a snowboarder. He now doesn't have the, the wild carrot top hair. He's got the trimmed hair. There's a lot of the talk over the last week or so has been, uh, why isn't NBC talking about this lawsuit that one of his former, I guess, I guess that Sean White was a, uh, he, he funded a band. He funded a band called Bad Things. He's 31, by the way. He's 31. Funded a thing called Bad Things. And, uh, and one of the members of the band, a woman named Lena Zawade, I guess I'm probably butchering her name, she uh, filed a civil lawsuit against him. For three, two years after the Sochi Games, Lena Zawade filed a civil suit in San Diego alleging White failed to pay her for the work she'd done as the drummer in his band Bad Things. Three months later, in August 2016, Zawade filed an amended complaint alleging White had sexually harassed her. In that complaint, she claimed that White sent her sexually explicit graphic images of uh, male parts and forced her to watch sexually disturbing videos and other things and that as, a, as an employer for her he would yell things at her and he would act like he was he, he would stand back and when she did something wrong he'd act like he was hitting her in the face and he was intimidating to her so she brings a civil suit against him mm-hmm. okay that's what she did and and I guess in this whole me how's it called me I, I can never remember this is me too me the now, me too movement, me too yeah. movement. I keep getting mixed up with Ryan Pasiga, who said, "Why now?" Or he, he was when he was talking about uh, Reggie Lynch, mm-hmm. who, by the way, uh, is not appealing his suspension anymore because Ryan Pasiga says that you know they won't get a fair shake. I think the feeling is the season's over. He's leaving school anyway, and he just wants to go away and not spend any more money on Ryan Pasiga. That would be my guess. Of but it. doesn't that I mean, not to sidetrack your original topic here? But but him doing that, Reggie Lynch, I'm now talking about by him just walking away. Doesn't that just kind of imply that? He is guilty? Uh, not, his, not necessarily. Well, why, but why go through all this up to this well, point? Well, if he's not going to stay, because the only thing that he, other than the public perception. Well, that, that's what I'm saying, though, but, but that's a big part of it is clearing it is a, it is a big thing, but but the point is all all that he would be appealing is being kicked out of school. And if he's and he's still in school, and if when the season's over he's leaving school, there's no practical reason why he needs the school to, to say he can go to school. Okay. But I agree with you. From, yeah. from a, It doesn't look good. So, especially, so, as, especially, sorry, if, no, especially if his if his intent is to, because I think he's he yes. wants to continue to play or pursue the chance to play in the NBA. That this is a big part of it. Well, when you're such a fringe player like Reggie Lynch, he's is. not going to play in the NBA. Oh, I agree. I don't think he is either. But but a team like let's say overseas, well, he'll play overseas. But they might not. There might be a fewer teams that are going to willing to take a chance on a guy that didn't go to the extent of clearing. Do, his do you know whether? And I don't know the answer to this. Whether professional basketball teams in uh, Europe are concerned about this stuff. Sure. I don't know. I don't they, know either. And, and, in fact, that's kind of what I'm getting to, is that there are different levels of this. There's a difference between people like, uh, for example, uh, Darren Sharper, who is who is committing serious criminal sexual assaults on women. Mm-hmm. There is, then there's people that have domestic assaults, and I'm not that are that are maybe hitting or physically harming their partners. Okay. The Ray Rice's of the world. Yes, the Ray Rice's of the world. Then there's people who maybe, like Sean White, who are misbehaving to people over whom they maybe have some sort of power because they're their quote unquote boss. But but there's no allegations here that he ever assaulted her 
or any or ever touched her. Mm-hmm. That he was there's that. And 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 then there's all these in other words, there's all these different levels of this and it all gets lumped into sexual harassment and you're all in the same boat and you're all terrible. So I'm reading this and and everyone's saying and here's this article I'm reading when it sounds like if the allegations brought by this woman in this civil lawsuit are true that Sean White was being, for lack of a better word, a I couldn't use the word I used off the air. Sure. Uh, what, what other word could I use? That he's a bad guy. He's a bad guy. He's he's sure. a guy who thinks he's better than everybody else. He he fronted the money to this band, and the people in the band better know it, and they better do what he wants, or he's going to ma- misbehave and act like a child. Okay, and that's what he was. That's what she's alleging that he did. Well, isn't it weird too that when you brought this story up off the air before the segment started, I didn't know anything about. You've never heard this stuff about him. No. Oh, I've heard. See, I thought it was worse than this. I'm not saying this is good, but there's no criminal charges brought. He never touched her in any inappropriate way that she's alleged. He's just maybe sending her some videos. He's making it uncomfortable for her. He's he's acting badly in a in a. If he was my son, I'd be very disappointed in him, and I'd say you're a loser. Stop acting like that. And he had the quote too earlier this week where I think somebody had asked him about it and he said something like well I'm not I'm not concerned about the gossip or correct not, that's what he I'm said I'm not concerned about gossip I'm focused on winning a gold medal yada yada and stuff. so here's what this 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 is where the me too movement goes and I, and I guess I'm just kind of wondering uh, what it does why it does it like that he goes it's not just that NBC has failed to take note of Zawade's allegations and the subsequent settlement so he settled the case with Zawade mm-hmm. so it's settled mm-hmm. it's over okay mm-hmm. According to a Nexus database search, no major news outlet mentioned the harassment suit between May 2017 and last week when New York Magazine's The Cut released a video titled Snowboarding Superstar Sean White was accused of sexual harassment. Three days later, the San Diego Union Tribune's Mark Ziegler included the suit in a list of White's obstacles to new to uh, succeeding. NBC declined to answer a series of... And I'm saying... So, he got sued for something. There were no criminal charges brought. And somehow... And, and look... If you've watched the Olympics, what are they? They're a huge moneymaker for NBC. They're, they're not covering the Olympics. There's, they're, they're putting the Olympics on. It, it's a showcase yes. of Olympics. Yes. And Sean White's the biggest of big stars. You know, Lindsey Vaughn, the biggest of big stars. Uh, this Schiffern, the Michaela Schiffern, you know, who didn't win the gold in the slalom yesterday, uh, the biggest of big stars. And let's look at them. All good-looking Right, I mean, Lindsey Vaughn's beautiful, Michaela Schiffrin's and beautiful. And you're appealing Sean to White. an audience that that's mostly female-driven. Yes, that you know, because like I said, it's on in my house every single night. It is because my wife is glued to the Olympics, and if she catches wind of that, she's not going to want to watch. And it, it's kind of been my take on this whole thing that if you're eligible to play or you're eligible to do your job, can't we just enjoy your job? I mean, really. Yeah. That's, I mean, I'm not saying, and this is not like he committed a sexual assault and is in jail or should be in jail. Uh, I'm just saying people make so much of that when they do it. Uh, coming back, and when we come back from the break, a little more Olympics. Why I like Johnny Weir and Tara Lipinski. I got to tell you, perhaps the best announcing pair in sports. Live from the Venture Bank, Minnesota Golf Show, Korzenowski, Reavers, Manny, filling in for Royce on the ride with Royce, another uh, 40 minutes or so. Uh, we will be joined, uh, if you're interested in buying a new driver, which I am, uh, we're going to be joined at 540 by James Tracy with TaylorMade. And TaylorMade now has, they've come up with, here, here's the deal, like, here's what I know, because all the guys know it. There was the M1, I'm way back, I'm like six iterations ago, right, before M, all right, and <laughs> So there was the M1, and then there was the M2, and then everybody that had the M1 said that wasn't very good, and then everyone traded up to the M2, and they said it was great. And guys I was playing with were hitting it literally 15, 20 yards further. And I was playing so bad that I thought, 
I can't get a new driver until I figure it out. Well, now I'm hitting it pretty good. So I'm, I'm thinking of getting one. And everyone was into the M2. Now they come out with an M3 and two different an M4, two different M3s and an M4. So I'm confused as to what the difference is. So, so this would be a like, good answer for me. It's kind of like when you buy a new cell phone. Yeah, it's great for ten it's minutes. Like the, it's like the iPhone then, ten. Yeah, now exactly. Gonna, yeah. No, it, you know I feel this when I have a driver. When I buy one, I almost never buy a brand new driver. In other words, if the M2 was great last year. It's still great this year, even though the M3 and M4 might be a little bit better. Okay. And then you can get it a year. Now, instead of just costing you 500 bucks, you can get it for like 280 bucks. Okay. And if you wait two years, you can get it for about 180 bucks. If you wait three years, you can get it for like 140 bucks. Okay? So it's still good. Mm-hmm. They don't fall apart. It's just the technology changes. So we'll talk about that at 540. And I'm sure he'll convince us that we all need new drivers oh, if he's course. any kind of a salesman. <laughs> yes. Well. Now, I... You know, we've all, as men who are around women who like to watch the Olympics, mm-hmm. I mean, when you're talking, there's. Pro- I think if you took, if you take Summer Olympics, Winter Olympics, there's no event in either Olympics that's as big a deal as figure skating. Wouldn't you agree? Gymnastics, maybe. But I think figure skating is probably, it's got to be the number one rated event in all the Olympics because... It's, it, what about track think? and field, though? I would think figure skating really? would be over because it gets all the women. Because when Usain Bolt was doing, yeah, those were that, that, well, that was must see television. Like, I feel like with the uh, the Tanya Harding, Nancy Kerrigan thing, twenty some years ago, I feel like fi- figure skating might have been. You know, at its it's peak. funny you mentioned that because I was watching that the other day and I could have swore I saw Patrick in the background. And no, did you see that? It's here's the thing. <laughs> you, it is every Patrick, time right? it and runs. He's scratching his neck. Every time it runs, that he is gets the, it, inundated way, with tweets. Okay, it's, it's, it's not. It is not the movie I Tanya. It is the, uh, the thirty for thirty. Thirty for thirty. Is it a thirty for thirty? Or yeah. is it an ABC? It's really good. Yeah, it's the thirty for. But 30. it's so great because you can see on Twitter the agitation. Well, anytime it airs on like it's ESPN, they'll just quote tweet someone and just say, "Leave me alone, <laughs> leave me alone, dink." <laughs> well, I'm watching it. The first time I saw it, I didn't. He was on, then I go, "That's Patrick." Oh, I had to rewind. Yeah. Now with DVR, and the everybody can go back and get. He's scratching the he chin. He scratching the, the chin. Yes. I am skeptical. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it is, it's so, it's a good thing you didn't tweet it. Tweet anything at him. Otherwise, he might have blocked. Yeah, no, I'm, blocked. Gl- I'm glad I did. I figured, I figured he had, he had, you know, he, he's he's going to get enough of that. But I, <laughs> but I think it is that the figure skating is, is such a, you know, it's just such a big event. And so, you know, four years ago, we all saw Tara Lipinski and John Weir. Uh, John Weir uh, won a bronze medal. He was a very good skater. Never won an Olympic medal. Tara Lipinski. I think won the gold, and I think I wrote this down somewhere in 1960, 1998. She won in the Nagano Olympics. Wasn't and, she like 14? Yeah, she really young. Yeah, and yeah, she's only like 31 now, and that was you know 10 years ago. Okay. So she was must have been like 21, uh, or yeah, 20 years ago, right? No, 1998. I'm no, 19. Yeah, 20 years ago. So so she was. She must be like 34, 35. She's 35. So she was 15 then. Wow. Yeah, because she's 35 now. And uh, it is funny because, you know, she's 35. I mean, you look at her, she looks like a very young, well, she is a very young woman. She's only 35. But, and, you know, Johnny wears outfits and his hairdos are <laughs> hilarious, right? So, so one, I'm a diversity guy. You know, I don't care. Be who you are. Mm-hmm. I, I, the number one thing that I'm looking for out of a commentator or out of, out of a human being, my number one thing I want out of a human being is authenticity. I just hate people that are fake. And, and out of a commentator, I'm looking for someone who's knowledgeable, uh, and is willing to talk about it in a specific manner and not be afraid of getting criticism. And I'm going to tell you, John Weir and and Johnny Weir and Tara Lipinski clipped every one of those boxes. They both competed at the highest level. They know 
they, they know figure skating. They have been around it now since the Sochi games in four years, so they know all the current ones. And they are authentic, especially Johnny Weir. And he is fearless at what he says. He says it, and everyone says that they're too mean, but they're not mean. They're just, if somebody is is skating for the Olympic gold, they're one of the best in the world, right? Mm-hmm. To get to that point. And when they, and I don't know enough about the sport. That I need somebody to tell me that they screwed up or that was bad. So he's kind of like to lead me through it. So he's kind of like what Simon Cowell was for American yes. Idol and very critical, and people would get mad at him. But because, he says yeah. it in, in a nicer way. But you know, but you're right about Simon Cowell because I thought he was doing these. He was telling them the truth. Sometimes he yeah, would be a little mean, dreadful. But he would. He could have said it nicer. <laughs> but he would tell them the truth, right? He would. You, yeah. You're not any good. You're you're not any good. You you have to tell people the truth and. I just think Johnny Weir on those broadcasts is, is – so now I've gotten to watching it because it's a sport where when you're watching it – you remember the old days they would skate and then it would be, oh, you know, nine, 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 and then, of course, the Russian judge. Remember, that was a cliche. <laughs> yeah. The Russian judge gives you a seven and a half. What did you get from the <laughs> Russian judge? You know, and now it is like every element you do, if you get it right, you get a, the, 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 the judges all hit a button and a green light goes on. You got the full points for that one. Oh, okay. If they're not sure, they can hit yellow and go back and do what? Watch the replay. Watch the replay. And then they can hit red when it, you didn't do the element and so much is taken away. And the scoring system has become, it encourages the skaters to be aggressive. So if you put down that you're going to do a triple axel, which I still don't know what that is, uh, if you're going to do a triple axel but you only do a double, you get like no points because you, you've got to try to do the triple or you okay. get very few points. If you try to do the triple and fall on your face, you're going to get more points than if you do the double perfectly. So they're saying if you where you got to tell us what you're going to do. Wait, so if you if you're supposed to do a triple axel? Yes. And you try to do it and you fall. Yes. You'll get more points than if you just did a double. Correct. Double axel. Really? And they huh. all know that now. So it's, okay. it's telling them to be aggressive and do it. And a lot of them will still do the double just because they think they don't want to fall. Right, you, you, it, when they don't realize that if they fall, they're they're going to actually get more points. No, they, they do realize that. Oh, they they they, they, just... they know how the scoring works. All these people, I'm sure they do. It's just okay. it's just probably like second nature. You're not likely to fall down, right? You're just not likely to fall down. It's not it's you. Know, so if you if if you go up for your jump and you got a bad start, and you know I'm not going to make it. You know, I they, suppose if you fall down, you're more likely to get like injured or something. Yeah, too, so probably. so that could yeah. be. But but I'm telling you what, and everybody, I think. So what do you guys think? You guys, I really, I have really loved watching figure skating more than I've it's, ever enjoyed watching. I think it's because of them. In, 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 in an attempt to appeal to a wide ranging audience, because I know, again, like we said last segment, it's the Olympics are for mostly the female population. But I think, especially figure skating, especially figure skating. But for things like this. You're appealing to you, me, the the Mandy, the the, the the casual sports fan that wants to find a reason to tune in to see and explain it and ex- have something explained to us. And there's another reason that we talked about off the air as to why I love Johnny Weir. And, and one, all the other reasons I've told you is true, but the number one reason why I love to watch Johnny Weir because I think of all those people wearing certain red hats <laughs> in this country that are maybe not as open to gay men as other people are. Fair. And here's Johnny Weir, who wears more makeup than Tara Lipinski. Yes. He's not, look, everybody on camera wears makeup, right? If you're doing the news, you wear makeup. Yep, yep. When I was in plays in high school, I wore makeup. So they all, but Johnny Weir wears makeup like he's like he's, he's a woman. Wearing like eyeshadow. Like he's a woman going out to dinner, you know, with sure. with a boyfriend. That's how Johnny Weir wears makeup, right? That's his thing. <laughs> right. And he, and he will have different buns shapes on his hair. And so as as I'm sitting there picturing these certain people with red hats watching the figure skating with their wives, 
wanting to throw their beer cans at the TV. That makes me just smile a little <laughs> bit more as well. That's another reason I really like Johnny Weir, one of my heroes. And Kenny, by the way, who's, who's obviously, he loves Kenny. He loves Johnny Weir, too. So, so you can't go wrong when that's the case. We'll take a break, come back, and we'll have our final sports update with, uh, with John Hyten after that. Stay tuned. If you're looking to buy a new driver, James Tracy from TaylorMade will be joining me, and I've got a million questions to ask him. Chosen, betrayed, redeemed from the creators of God's Not Dead comes the action-packed epic, epic Samson, starring Billy Zane, Lindsay Wagner, and Taylor James. Don't miss what's being called a powerful, must-see film. Samson is in theaters this Friday. Get your tickets at samson.movie and enter to win a pair of passes now on the 1500 ESPN stream player. All right, thank you, Jonathan. We are live at the 2018 Venture Bank Minnesota Golf Show. The uh, broadcast will be here till 6. The show is open till 7, and uh, this is really cool. We've given away a couple of these already today, but for all of you people that are in line right now to uh, to putt here on the 1500 ESPN <laughs> stage, the next person to sink a putt is going to win a foursome at Troy Bird. All right? Huh. Here's the only stipulation. If you are the winner, you do have to use it by May 31st. And uh, Corzo uh, spoke glowingly about this golf well, you course. Know, I'm gonna, you know, there's nobody in line right now, so I, you know, I did ask the question before whether I could get in line while doing the show, and I, I think, think I was told no. I think since it's our and, station. Yeah, it's and you're an employee, so I think technically that would be bending the rules a little bit. Yeah. So I, I, but you know, if no one else is gonna win it, they're looking to give it away, so we could do that. Yeah, we, uh, like I said, we'll we'll be set up here till seven o'clock. So come on over here, give give it a shot. And the next person to sink a putt is gonna win that foursome, courtesy of Troy Bird. And once again, thank you to Venture Bank for putting this all on and making this possible. And now it is time to head into the 1500 ESPN Twin Cities newsroom and Johnny Hyatt with a sports update. Thanks, Corzo. This update sponsored by Indeed. Are you hiring? With Indeed, you can post a job in minutes, set up screener questions, then zero in on qualified candidates in an online dashboard. Get started at Indeed.com slash hire. Olympic news. Uh, Lindsey Vonn's Olympic return has been delayed. High winds at the top of the mountain at the Zhangshan Alpine Center have pushed the start of the women's Super G back an hour. Originally, it was supposed to start uh, 9 o'clock Eastern. That would be 8 Central here, right? 8 p.m.? Yes. Okay. So it's being pushed back, obviously. Uh, we don't know how much, though, at this point. Uh, Vaughn is the first racer in the field. This will be Vaughn's first Olympic race since 2010. When she won gold in the downhill and the bronze in Super G, she missed the Sochi Olympics. Remember, she had that knee injury. You know, she's a bit of a marketer, as we know. Yeah. Did you see on Valentine's Day, she tweeted out, she said, oh, I'm in, yeah, uh, I did. I'm in Pyeongchang all by myself, and I'm so lonely. Does anyone want me to be to my Valentine? Valentine? I mean, come on. That's cruel. I thought about answering it, actually. Well, of course, <laughs> everybody did. Then my wife said, no, Everybody don't. did. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, she's, she's, she's trolling. You're saying that she was... Playing her playing to her audience. Yeah, I think so. Gotcha. I think I think so. Uh, now, in Olympic news, which really is not quite a day old, but this time thing is so weird, I have to go over it anyway. Rough day for. Would I say today or yesterday? Let's say today. It's today because it's, it's today for Michaela Schiffer. Because yesterday and, when she did it, it was today. So now it's today. So it's today. Okay. Huh? Right. Okay. There you go. Rough Who's day. on first? What? It was Friday. <laughs> it was Friday in was Korea Friday when there. she skied, yes. and now it's Friday here. That's R yeah. rough That's day right. for Michaela Schifrin and Nathan it was. Chen. Uh, Schifrin finished fourth in the women's Olympic slalom, failing to win her second medal in as many days. She won gold in the giant slalom on Thursday. Uh, that was a surprise. She was expected to do well because uh, she won the Olympic slalom title four years ago when she was only 18. In figure skating, Nathan Chen, uh, he was not good in the men's short program. Did he fall? 
He, he did several times. Missed on all of his jumps. Wow. Fell into 17th place. Wow. Chen said, I've never uh, been in this spot before. I mean, I thought I did everything right in terms of my general approach. Things just didn't click together. I can guarantee you that if I was a really excellent figure skater uh-huh. and was one of the best in the world, if I got to the Olympics, that's what I would do. <laughs> There's no over. doubt in my mind I would be so nervous. I've never been able to control that. And so I, I would. <laughs> that's what he did, right? It just happens. Yeah. So yeah. wait a minute, John. If, I, if I've got your time travel here uh, <laughs> correct, if I was able to get in contact with somebody in Pyeongchang and have them give me the winning Powerball numbers, would I be able to win? <laughs> I don't think so. It doesn't work like I that? I don't think so. Oh. If you try, though, could I have a cut? Oh, a I'll split it with cut. you. Okay, good. Sure, why not? Uh, the hockey team, they won their second game. Uh, they defeated Slovakia 2-1, to one, Ryan Donato scoring two power play goals. The U.S. will now face Russia, who isn't really Russia. The Olympic athletes from Russia. From Russia. Or, yes. as I like to call them. Or, yeah. or <laughs> the Olympic athletes from Russia. In each team's pr- uh, final preliminary round game Saturday night, uh, Russian had no problem on Friday with Slovenia. They defeated Slovenia 8-2. to two. Slovenia, of course, the team that uh, beat the U.S. You know, it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of come over because Mueller today, you know, uh, indicted 19 yes. Russians. So it's yeah. the... It's the it, I guess, did he call them the election interferers <laughs> from Russia? From Russia? Yeah. That's, yeah, that's what he should say. There was nothing better than when the NHL players were involved in the Olympics, and then you'd get the second and third tier countries trying to <laughs> put guys out there to skate. That was comical. Or, or remember when, when, remember the good old days when the U.S. team was over there and they finished in sixth place and then trashed all their hotel rooms? Yes, what was I that? Know. That was the 06 Olympics, was, I want to say. Was that 06? I think it was. Uh, Minnesota United released a new video unveiling its first batch of seating sections for the team's new $200 million soccer stadium. That stadium is stadium. popping up. Have you driven by there? Yes. Yeah, it's, have, yeah. It hasn't taken very long. Among the fan options when Allianz Field opens in 2019 will be several tiers of premium seats. The Upper 90 Club, an area limited to 90 seats that will offer gourmet food, top-shelf beverages, and some of the most luxurious seating at the stadium. There'll also be a field club, seats in the first six rows at midfield, located at pitch level next to the locker room with a club room that players pass by. Uh, there'll be a, a loge. What's L-O-G-E? Loge. Is that a soccer term? Now you better watch. No, no, this guy. Uh-oh. I played golf with this guy, and he's good. Ringer? We got a ringer? Oh, he's a ringer. Yeah, so what you're saying oh, is yeah. you, you told him to get Saint in line guy. so he'd take you to Troy Byrne? Is yeah, that what you're trying if to he, do? If he wins, then, he, you know, yeah. With the, I think there's a shot that it could happen here. Let's see. Yeah, so? say, he, see, he'll take me. He's taking you. Here Let's we go. See. Let's here we, here we go. go. Chopper for for the for the win. That's oh, a, looks good. Nope. nope but you nope. see, but look at that putting stroke. It's silk. It's because he was listening to you. I think it is exactly. <laughs> you get three of them. I mean, come on. This should be. Go ahead, Johnny. We'll we'll keep you posted. Oh, you only get one. Oh, well then I can't take. I can't redo that. <laughs> it was good though. Making up the rules. Yeah. Aren't well, you? I thought everyone else was doing three. The stadium uh, currently under construction at the southeast corner of Snelling Avenue and University expected to be done in spring of 2019. Uh, 19,400 spectators it'll hold. And uh, just before we go, I should tell everybody the twins signed Anibal Sanchez. I'm yes, sure that'll it, get him excited. Well, I thought Manny, we were going we to keep going because I want to bug Kenny to delay yeah. his the start of his weekend. Actually, <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, he's sitting over here. Reavers is saying don't take a break, no, but no. I know we got to take a break. We're going to take a break, come back after traffic. And this portion of the Ride with Royce is brought to you by Catholic United Financials. Well, everyone knows I love coming to the uh, Venture Bank Minnesota Golf Show because, one, I'm heading over there, James. We're going to introduce you to James Tracy in a minute, and I buy all my golf clothes for the year. Last year, 
$700. So I, I went a little overboard, but I will not do that this year. But And I sometimes buy equipment here, too. I bought putters other things. And you're here from Second Swing, yes, correct. James yep. Tracy. And, and you're going to talk new drivers, and you got a couple tailor-mades. And I have, like I said, I have the R1, and so that's about four or five years old. Yep. And, uh, yeah, I was hitting it so bad last year, I thought I'm not getting a new driver when I'm swinging bad. <laughs> now for the last half of last year, and I just got back from Palm Springs, I was hitting it really good, uh, really consistent for me, you know, solid. So now, you know, if, if I could step up to a driver that's going to make my game better, I would think about it. Because, you know, if you're swinging crappy, really crappy, it kind of doesn't matter. That's my view. Mm -hmm. But so, so tell me about this, the twist face technology. And now TaylorMade has come out. They used to have had the M1, mm -hmm. the M2, and now they come out in the same year with an M3 and an M4? Correct. Okay, so, so a couple years ago it was M1, and then M2, and now M3, M4. So first question. When they switch from like an R or the number to a different look, like they did with M yes. a couple of years ago, is that a major change, or what? What leads to that, and then how do these changes uh, line up with each other from that one to the four? Well, there's a bunch of questions. I know in that's there. a lot. I've... When they switched from the R series, okay. so forever TaylorMade had an R series driver. You referred to yours, the R1, oh, and it went all the way and up they to had an R7s, R9s, R9s, R15, R11, right. and then when they switched to the M family, that was mainly because of the multi-material crown. That was kind of where the M came from. You're correct. Last the last two seasons, there's been an M1 and M2. This year, right. it's now M3 and M4. And yeah. the big tech story there is that twist face technology, and both drivers incorporate. So that. tell me, what was the big tech difference between the R series and the M series? You said this this top is mm -hmm. different. Yeah, yeah. You, if you see, if you look down visually, it looks the top like an of alligator. Driver, kind of. Yeah, kind of. That's that carbon fiber, so it's much much lighter than yeah. the uh, crowns that they were using in the past. Anytime you go to a lighter weight crown, you can redistribute that weight elsewhere in the head to get better forgiveness, to get better speed, and to incorporate new technologies like they have in these new heads. And then from the M1 to the M2 to the M3, now we, go, we know from the M2 to the M3 and M4, it's, it's the twist face, but what was, what was the difference, if any, between the M1 and the M2? M1 and M2? Well, that's a great question. So similar to the differences between M3 and M4, TaylorMade has a driver that is personalized with different weights that allows you to get distance through optimization you can move weights in the heel for more draw weights in the toe for more fade bias higher and lower that's what the m3 and previously the m1 allowed players to do distance through customization where in the r series was like that too. r the series just like that exactly and then guys who've played like the burner driver in the past yep. that that's distance through speed forgiveness big face fast good distance from there and that's where the m4 kind of falls into that oh category. i see so like i have the i have the old by the way the old and and gen, i have the old burner yeah fairway woods mm -hmm. old exactly. I, don't know what, I don't know what year those were the all white ones and i don't know that i'll ever get rid of those i mean when i hit them they they i they're they're the best fairway woods they're i've ever be. had mm -hmm. what's that i mean and they were the cheaper ones then because they didn't have all the adjustments on right. it they were the simple ones so mm -hmm. so the m4 is like the m Two, Correct. Which doesn't have all the adjustments, which allows you what? To have less weight in adjustments well, and it allows... What's yeah, so again, when you... The adjustments, so like on M3 and M1, you have... On M3, it's yep. called the Y-Track. So you're able to move uh, these weights into specific places in the head to direct the ball flight the way you want to. To incorporate that, it costs TaylorMade some weight. So on M4, by not having the Y-Track... They can take that weight and push it to the perimeter of that driver to make it more forgiving, to uh, incorporate a, another technology, which they call hammerhead, which is in both drivers. On the M4, it's really pronounced, which adds more speed. So with M4, 
the lack of adjustability allows them to make that head more forgiving and faster for maybe the mid to higher handicappers. So what, you still like see guys on tour, tour using, using that. Actually, so, DJ switched to the M4. So even really good players would use that as yeah, well just because they like the feel of fun. the You know, for us as, as at Second Swing, that's what's fun about going through a custom fitting is, you know, you can't just pigeonhole yourself into, oh, I am a M3 guy or I'm a yeah. M4 guy. You really got to test them and compare the numbers. Uh, work with a fitter who can help you get into the right shaft, the right lie angle. Use the adjustments to your advantage, and that's the best way to optimize these drivers for you. So we're talking to James Tracy, second swing, and now we'll get to the M3 and M4. So so what they did, the M1 was kind of this adjustable. M2 was non-adjustable, so now they've said, okay, we're going to have both of those tracks going forward. Mm -hmm. The M3 is like an upgrade of the M1, and the M4 is like an upgrade of the M2. And both the M4 and the M3 have the twist face technology. Correct. So tell me about that. So twist face is basically a new take on And what, no one's done that before. I've never heard of anyone not, doing that. Not to this extent. Yep. You know, different companies have dabbled in changing the way that the curvature on the face um, is designed. TaylorMade really this year has made it the, um, the focal point of their new drivers. And essentially, you know, I know you hit the ball in the center of their face probably most of the time. <laughs> yeah. uh, for uh, the rest of us, yeah, exactly. we, we tend to not do that as often as we'd like. And over the years, TaylorMade's been able to identify that the most popular places to miss are either on the high toe or the or low, low heel. Yep. And over time, they've looked at the bulge and roll, which is the curvature on the face, and they realize, well, what happens when you hit it on the toe, especially you're, high toe? You're going to hook it. Your, your snap hook's hitting. Yep. Your left wood's So they open it up long. a little bit. Correct. And they've also had a little bit of loft there. So on those high toe shots... The ball doesn't snap as hard left. You get a little more spin, so that ball probably finds the left side of the fairway as opposed to the left trees. Similarly, on the heel, the opposite effect happens. When you catch a low heel shot, there's a lot more spin, and those are the ones that shave off to the right. So they close the face a little bit more, lowered the loft a little bit in the heel. And so if you see the commercials or, or, or videos, the face is kind of has that warp to it to provide more forgiveness specifically in those areas on the face. Now I will say on the end, now you have a big, huge uh, finger that's just kind of an example of yes. how it's twisted. Yes. And that's what they show in the ad, and I'm looking at that going, do I really want to hit a ball where the club mm -hmm. is so, I guess this is convex, yes. if I remember from my yeah. water skiing yeah, days. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, con but, but when you look at the actual drivers with the twist face, it's pretty subtle. It's subtle. It's not something that would did, did deter you. You, 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 look you, at the would, better you wouldn't even notice it, really. No. If that's why, and I'll tell you what, I was no. kind of confused as to whether the twist face was. So when I'm looking at, you know, and I'm trying to figure this out because I might think I might get a new driver this year. Yeah, I can see the gears turning. Yeah, and I'm and I'm looking in there and I'm seeing and I'm looking. I'm going, is the M3 the twist face? Is the M4 the twist face? So this has been very helpful to yeah. me. You've answered and and for people that are going out to buy clubs of any sort that would have questions like I had second swing, is they can get those questions. Absolutely, we, we love helping golfers. Whether it's a tailor made, whether it's a driver, whether it's a putter, whether it's wedges, irons, and you we're have, there to help you. You have fitting programs too, where you can go and and you get on the monitor and then. And from looking, I'll do an ad for you, but from looking at it, they have these fitting programs, folks, where if you if you go in and say, I'm going to buy a new driver, and then you go through all the machinations and you buy the new driver, then you don't pay for the fitting. That is unique to our business yes. model, yes. That's $150 value yep. for that fitting if you were just doing a driver, for example, and it's complimentary with purchase when you're doing it with Second Swing. So that way and we can get you into the right club and provide you a great experience on the way there. Right, and if you, if you decide you don't want to buy a club, then you pay for the fitting. Correct. That's how it works. Yeah, but most of our, I mean, that rarely happens. I mean, usually it's players who are interested in new equipment. You know, 
we're not forcing you to buy anything. We're just trying to help you get better. And a lot of times, sometimes it's making an adjustment to your R1 or your current club. So, no, uh, second swing obviously is known as second it, that it's, it's it's used equipment. Mm-hmm. And I have been a huge believer in used equipment for many years. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I bought a brand new a, a brand new driver because my thought was always this. Everybody I knew last year at my club loved the M2. Mm-hmm. They didn't like the M1 so much, but they were loving the M2, right? So that driver was a good driver, and I saw these guys hit it, and I tried something and I liked it. You know what? That driver's just as good this year, right, if I go buy a used one, Absolutely. unless it's cracked or broken, which mm-hmm. generally doesn't happen. That's just as good. Now, this one might be a little bit better, yes. right, the M3 or the M4. Yeah. But 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 I maybe could get the I maybe could get the M2 for 280 bucks. Correct. Where this is going to be the, the M4 I think is 450, and the M and the M3 is 499, something like that, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And it, I guess people don't think that that if you're just I always I always say I'm going to buy it buy it one machination behind and you save like 200 bucks. It's still a great club. Absolutely, it's always an upgrade if you're buying something that's new, and that's right. what's great in our fitting process. We try to provide that customer that option. You know, here's what the latest and greatest 2018 technology is doing for you. Here's what a 2016 model is doing, and here's what yours is doing. And then we let the customer kind of make that value play. You know, if you feel like that added performance with an M2 suits your game and you like that driver better and that price point fits your fits your lifestyle, then that's perfect. We've helped you get better. If you see that added performance and twist face is helping you hit more fairways and get a little more distance and you can justify that added cost, then perfect. We want to make yep. sure that that driver is tuned specifically to your game, and, and that's the fun part of fitting and, a second swing. And I probably don't know hardly any golfers that have never been to second swing. I think you guys have a great – and you have, what, one in Rose, one at Rosedale, one, one in Min- Ridgedale. Yep, in Minnetonka. And then you have one on East Hennepin. Yep. That I go to, yep. and then is those are those the two? Those that are the are two here locally. And then you have some in now Scottsdale. Scottsdale, and then we just opened our newest store in Wilmington, Maryland, just outside of Philadelphia. Wow, so we're up to four stores. And now. it's it's I'll tell you, folks, it's impressive, and they're all like this, but but especially the one in East Hennepin where you go down in the basement. Yeah, and you have that. You'll have a wall the of vault. There will be a vault. I'm, I'm t- I bet if you say, "Hey, I, I want to look at an M2," you're going to have a wall of M2s that are used. Pretty much, it's overwhelming. So people just give up on their clubs. Like I've never done that. I've had this R1, like I said, for five. Years. I like yeah. it a lot. Yeah. And once I get a couple scuffs on it and stuff, I like it even more. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like this is my this is I've gone to war with this mm-hmm. thing. I love it so. Mm-hmm. So well, James, thank you very much. You're very informational. Uh, do you work at both stores? I, I'm I'm based out of our Minnetonka oh, store, I, but um, you know, obviously we have expert master fitters at both locations and also online. Uh, you know, if you're calling in. Um, so yeah, great staff, well, and we 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 love equipment, and we're here to help golfers. Well, this has been my favorite segment because now I got a chance to get all the questions answered. Yeah, you're thank, ready to go. Thanks a lot, James. Thank you. Great all to right, meet you. Thanks. Come thanks back. One me. more segment here live from the Venture Bank Minnesota Golf Show. Well, guys, uh, we're wrapping up our first day at the minute at the Venture Bank uh, Minnesota Golf Show. Uh, I've got an hour of shopping ahead of me. Reavers already uh, took care of some. Uh, I'm telling you right now, get on over there. They've got five dollar polos over here. I already grabbed one. But see, I got to buy like oh. the, I got to buy like the Puma stuff. That's it's gonna oh, be you're, like you're, you're, you have an allegiance toward a specific no, brand. No, Puma or Adidas. It's got gotcha. to be like the, the high level stuff. But but the high level stuff goes from like if it's brand new, it's like seventy five, and I'll get it for like thirty. Sure. Okay. And the other thing that's cool too that I guess I didn't even realize they have Titleist Twins hats over here at yes. the logo. The only, I, I would have grabbed one. The only problem is that I have a giant bucket head, and they didn't have one that was <laughs> long, big enough for my. Yeah, hat. it is. You know, it's kind of a uh, you know. And before we go, Manny, you know, now we're in the All Star break, and it's kind of funny because I think the Wolves have only twenty one games left. Yep, they played the most most games of any team in the league. But and, and you know, look, I mean, I, 
you look at the teams behind them in the West and the Wolves' record against all the teams behind them in the West, with the exception of Phoenix, who won't make the playoffs, who they were 2-2 two and two <laughs> against, the Wolves have feasted on the West. Yes. You know, and above them, they're all... And they've been terrible against the East, which... Terrible against... Especially against the worst teams because everybody's like, well, I wish the Wolves were in the East. The Wolves no, you have, don't. The Wolves, <laughs> no, the Wolves have the best record against the West of any team in the NBA. Yeah. Now, look, I think we all know that, that, the, that they're not likely to... To beat the Warriors or the Rockets in a series, I'd say almost zero percent chance. But but there's a very good chance that well, they're, they're going to have home court advantage and they'll be favored in that series. Mm-hmm. So you know, to me, that's kind of what we can realistically hope for. But I do have some concerns given the way oh, they sure. played the last that they can do that for sure, for sure. I, and I think what they have to do is they've they've got to find a way to get. And I know they're not a great three point shooting team, but they've got to. There's got to be a little bit more of an emphasis on it because everybody else in the league is, is shooting a lot of threes, and they're sitting back still and you know what I, with the I, long twos, and they they got to change that. I'd like to see them create some space on the offensive yes, end. Yes, I 100% and agree. And by the way, they do have one of the better three-point shooters in the league. I'm sure he's probably top 10 in percentage in Carl Anthony Towns. 42% yeah, right I mean, now. So, yeah. so I just want to see a little flow and spacing. And, and that's not, all and I'm asking for. And the thing, too, Corzo, it's not like they don't, it's not like they have guys that aren't capable. You know, Jeff Teague is not a great three-point shooter, but he's, but he's, ca- but he's, he's capable. Yeah. B. Leeds has got a good percentage. He's a very capable three-point shooter. Jimmy Butler's, great. Jimmy Butler's shooting about 37% yeah. from three. And That's even not bad. Wiggy, who's terrible, is 32 33% and can get hot. Yeah, exactly. So they have plenty. So. And Tyus is getting better at it. So, yep. Well, thanks for having me out here today, guys. i got to go shopping. Uh, you guys have been on it all day. And, I, and, and tomorrow, Saturday, uh, 1500 ESPN will be out here all day tomorrow. So uh, come on out and uh, and say hi on the Venture Golf Bank, Minnesota Golf Show. Thanks for listening, everybody.